Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. I don't think that's the the intro that we had planned. No, I was actually on AO, AO, but I try to go with you there, but I can't do other things. Like you cannot put me on the spot like that. <laughs> Sorry about that, Michelle. It's just I am so excited to be heading into week seven. Everybody, this is the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle, and I'm the one that just made that really awkward sound. And I yeah, apologize look, to all of our listeners. Are you in pain? What is um, happening? Yeah, I'm not good at noises. Oh, I'm so good at noises. Yeah. I am Miss Cleo. Everybody, welcome into the show. This is week seven Ball Blast forecast. We're going to give you all of our favorite picks of the week, our scrumptious starts. Ew. <laughs> Ew, do not do that. What? They're so delicious. They're yeah, so scrumptious. You made them sound disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we are so excited to have you here. We are a proud member of the Ross Tucker Podcast Network, uh, an awesome family of shows. So be sure to check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, even money for all your sports betting uh, sports book needs. We should head over to the sports book. I know. I'm really tempted to go this Sunday. I know. Make some bets. I was seven out of 14 last week. So like 50%. So, so the odds are pretty good. If I chose all the correct ones and didn't choose my seven wrong ones, I would be making bank right now. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a tiny, tiny chance. Now, I always lose when I bet. Yep. Always lose. We almost won a $500 parlay a couple weeks ago, which would have been but so exciting, but Oakland we lost it. Oakland destroyed it for us. Oakland, of all teams. Oakland, Oakland. versus Chicago. That yeah. was like the one that I would have put like $300 down yeah. on. And like, that's the game right there. But and no. that's football for you. Yep, yep, yep. Let's get into some news because there's a lot of injury updates that we got to hit on. Let's do it. It's just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news, Kenyon Drake. On the block, baby. He's on the block. Miami is reporting, or Ian Rappaport is reporting that Dolphins are actually interested in, you know, trading him, which they should be. They're trading everyone else. You don't use Kenyon Drake. Like, you don't want to use him. Genuine question, though. Are they going to have enough active players to play a football game for the rest of the season? Because they Mark Walton time. Yeah, Mark Walton season. I actually we'll talk about him a little bit later. But Kenyon Drake, do we genuinely know? Because you just asked a different question. If he's that good, because now this is two coaches that just doesn't want to use him. If he's that talented, wouldn't he be used by one of them? Like, do we really think both of these coaches are just that stingy? I just don't think it's a fair assessment. If if that's the question that we're asking, I don't think that Brian Flores in this particular season. I like Kenny you technically Drake. if you're tanking, right? You wouldn't and you had a good running back. Would you want him to touch the ball that much? I mean, yeah, you would. If you're the tanking, coach, the coach wants wants to look better than he does. He could get fired after this year. This is a historically terrible year. This could be one and done year for him. He tanking wants his for best. Tua. I don't I don't know if he's in that plan. They may have hired him just to tank and then they're like, bye. And they're going to go get a different coach. But. This Miami organization, though. Where would I, you want Kenyon Drake to go? If I had my, if I just had. Top like, choice. Top choice. Yep. I would probably go with. I have mine. Oh, man. Kansas City. All See, of their backs are disappointing right now. Yeah. But I think that what makes them so disappointing is the fact that you have everybody a little bit involved. Do you think adding another running back on top? Like, no, I think I what think they what need you to, do have to do is, stick... is cut McCoy and Damian and add Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that would be a, a fair, a fair game plan. It's just, it's a matter of fact that if you keep rotating this number of backs, I, I feel like it's if just too hard to, to get Bay, anybody in a rhythm. If he goes to Green Bay, I'm gonna be so annoyed because I just bought some Aaron Jones 
Why would he go to Green Bay when Jamal Williams just broke out? Yeah, I, but I, there were some rumors about that earlier this season. Where else I don't could see he go? It. I don't know, but this is a fun one. If he gets traded, it can only be better for him, right? Yeah. Like, it's not going to get worse. It can't get worse. He's already just doing nothing. Everybody on the Miami Dolphins roster is openly praying that they are the next one to get traded. Um, <laughs> next real. up, Sean McVay. Uh, said Todd Gurley is on a pace to be able to play on Sunday. Malcolm Brown did not practice on Wednesday. He's banged up. Gurley would be expected to lim- be limited today in practice. Today is Thursday. Appears to be trending towards playing. That's good news. He's clearly banged up, though. Yeah, he's banged up. We already saw like the Rams not wanting to lean on him too hard, even like throughout the season so far. With him being banged up, like I don't trust him completely in on Sunday. It's a good matchup though, but we're gonna talk about someone else in that backfield that I would rather play a little bit later. Uh, McVay also said that the goal is for cornerback Jalen Ramsey to play Week Seven against That's the Falcons. Incredible. Well, I mean, he plays shadow coverage though, so it's kind of like. Can you cover the guy? And Jalen Ramsey can yeah. cover the and guy. And I don't even think it's that. We just saw Minka Fitzpatrick get traded and play that first week. So I think it's just expected now when someone, when a team gives up so much for you, like we're doing that mix. because we want to win this week, this year. Like we need to win every, every game once, you know, the Rams give up that many picks for Jalen Ramsey. And this is not good news for Julio Jones. No, no. like right off the bat. You would have thought that, you know, I, I think it's everybody... hilarious that Jalen Ramsey's not even going to pretend like his back is still hurting. It's just like, nope, it's good. It's good. Yeah, that specialist I saw. He's really... just like admitting to lying so hard. Yeah. If you're a Jags fan, do you just hate Jalen Ramsey right now or do you Probably. understand it? I, I don't know. I think I would. I think when you have a contractual obligation and it's not to get into the side, well, ooh, the teams cut guys all the time and don't fulfill like. It's just a matter of... I do think the Jags would have paid Ramsey. He just doesn't want to lose. But now he's going to a team that's 3-3. Three and three, But they are much better than the Jags. I won't, I won't say much that. They're much better. But also you have this team that had like... I feel like the team is really trying to rally around Gardner Minshew. And I feel like there's just been this this shift in in excitement in Jacksonville with the emergence of Gardner Minshew. So I'm kind of surprised that I mean, this is the guy that defended Blake Bortles for how long? And now they're on the same team again. But, like, he 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 tried his best to be on the, the Blake Bortles train and support his teammate. So it's just surprising to see that now that it's Gardner Minshew season that he's officially decided he's out. Um, I get, like, just getting so sick of losing after yeah. a while. When, when, when you're a your side competitor. When, you're, when your side of the ball, too, is so dominant. Like, I can see the Bears starting to feel that way soon. Their defense is so dominant, and then their offense is so bad. Uh, don't tell me Khalil Mack's the next one with a back problem. <laughs> he could be. The Packers, they did not actually practice on Wednesday, but even when you don't practice, you have to, like, estimate an injury report, like, who would have practiced. So Devontae Adams, MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and Geronimo Allison were all listed as did not practice holy so they would not have practiced if they had actual practice we'll see what happens on thursday it does not look like adams is ready to suit up this week or anytime soon and alan lazard time yeah i get and i think the most and he looked incredible during that game i think the most incredible thing about that is that aaron Rodgers actually went over to the sideline and said hey put that guy in like, that's incredible to me because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers only, is a jerk. He only looked at him Yeah, the, and, at the end of the game. And Lazard made the plays he needed to make. He executed his plays. And if these guys sit out, MBS and Allison are not looking good. So even if they play, do they put in Lazard? Because that's who Rodgers wants. That's who he's trusting right now. That's the most incredible part, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers wanted these guys in. Yeah. He's very much like that, though. Rodgers wants to be able to pick who he plays with, but has people he favors. That's the thing, though. Like, don't you want to be playing one of the guys that Aaron Rodgers favors? Yeah. You don't want to play the guy in the doghouse. Aaron Jones, I swear, only gets playing time last year and this year because Rodgers is like, we need to play Aaron Jones. Yeah. Like, stop being Coach Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Speaks very highly of Aaron Jones. 
next up, we got some running backs that are injured. Elvin Kamara, ankle and knee injury, was sidelined for Wednesday's practice. They're playing in Chicago this week. Not so a great sign, but you do not- have Akeem Hicks, who just was placed on IR, not eligible to return until week 17. Akeem Hicks is a big part of that run defense. So there might be a little bit more breathing room against the Chicago defense. I do think that Chicago is still dominant. That's not the question, but it's not, it's a good thing for any opposing running back if you have to play them against Chicago. If Kamara plays, I'd still play him, but I'm not excited about starting Latavius Murray against the Chicago defense. No, but you might be in a position where you have to. Yeah, you can, but I'm just not excited about it. Uh, David Johnson also missed practice on Wednesday with an ankle injury, which is new because last week it was back issues. Yeah, back locked up. It sounds like these are two totally separate issues unless this was a a veterans. veterans I think David Johnson plays, um, but at the same time, Chase Chase Edmonds Edmonds looks better than David Johnson. Sorry. Especially on the ground. And I don't think the team will ever go away from David Johnson for Chase Edmonds this season, but Chase Edmonds could start eating up some snaps, some carries, some looks, especially if David Johnson just keeps getting banged up. Chase Edmonds is someone I want on my bench, even if I don't have David Johnson. Like I'm gonna I'm going to just keep him there. He looks good. He gets snaps, even with David Johnson in the game. And so I don't think that this is the time to do this per se while you have these rumblings that David Johnson is injured but say you have a David Johnson who gets in a full week of practice he's back to his normal self the injury concerns aren't looming is this the opportunity for you to go and buy Chase Edmonds and Dynasty I was about to yesterday throw some offers out, but like you said, it's probably not the best time for that. I'm going to wait for David Johnson to get you know, a little healthy. Bit more healthy and then go trade for him. I think this could be the, you know, a Connor situation where you're going to just like put him into deals when you're doing trades, just like try to get him as a nothing. Piece. I got it's James just a, Connor and a few, yeah. like just throw away pieces, which is absolutely, I was like, Hey, I'll get that deal done. But like, could you throw in James Connor and, like th- that's the crazy way and that was to a get few years ago pieces. yeah that was a few yeah. years ago um i believe that was during his either rookie or early um it, before his second season chase edmonds will get his time he looks good he will get his time at some point and i think if david johnson were to be out chase edmonds would be just as good if not better yeah and it, like you said it's it's really the problem on the the ground right like he doesn't if he didn't have all of that work in the receiving game, we'd be having a very different conversation about David Johnson. For sure. For yeah. sure. Uh, AP, Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson both missed practice on Wednesday. AP with a quad injury. Which, I'm not totally. I, I think it was just. I think that day. was a veteran's day yeah. off. Chris Thompson, though, concerning diagnosed with turf toe. Uh, I mean, turf toe, that's, that's exactly the diagnosis that Devonte Adams has had. I'm going to guess that it's not nearly as severe a case because they've still talked about there being a possibility that he he suits up. Um, I don't care. I just I don't care. <laughs> like we're writing this, writing this down from the news. Does it even matter? They're playing San Fran this week. Uh, Wendell Smallwood. No, Wendell Wendell Smallwood is totally irrelevant. Not having that conversation. Nope, I won't a- have AP it. AP this week is totally irrelevant. Chris Thompson this week is totally irrelevant. Yeah, I'm not that playing San any Francisco of these guys. defense is dominant. Adrian Peterson had one week. It was against Miami. It was one week. That was the only week that we were calling his name and saying you can play him. No, sit him back down. Cut him under your waivers. Do whatever you want to do. Don't cut him. Yeah, I He's would. still who a cares? starting running no, back. Who cares? John Brown, groin, was limited participant in Wednesday's baby practice. Boy. How annoying is this? Like, they have the best schedule coming up. The absolute best. They just had a bye. John Brown was completely healthy. And then they're guessing because we don't really know much about this at the beginning of practice. Coach Sean McDermott didn't say anything about John Brown being limited. And then at the end of practice, that's when he showed up as a limited participant with a groin injury, meaning that it probably happened during practice. And I could not be more annoyed. I could not be more annoyed. We don't have enough information yet. We still have Thursday. We still have Friday. Let's Wait for more information. Let's be chill. Let's be cool. I just want them to say it was all precautionary. They just wanted to make sure it was all good to go. He just had a little tiny tweak, and he's fine. That's what I want. 
Little teeny tweaks. Sammy Watkins is officially out for tonight's game, Thursday night game against Denver. Smart move. Yep. It gives him 10 more days to heal up and be ready for next week. I like this. If he couldn't play on Sunday, I never get that. Like these type of injuries and then playing on Thursday. Yeah. Really? Three more days healed up your hamstring? Probably not. I like that they're giving him 10 more full days to heal up and be good to go. I think Sammy Watkins with Tyreek Hill can go back to fantasy relevance. So I'm still holding on to him and happy to have him on my bench. Yeah. Hollywood Brown. Marquise Brown. Ankle. is remained sidelined at Wednesday's practice. Never thought I'd hear you say Marquise Brown so excitedly. I mean, I'm not that excited about him, but... You sounded so excited. I like, I like the nickname, Hollywood <laughs> Brown. Uh, he, yeah, he's just not practicing ankle injury. He didn't practice all last week, and then he missed the Bengals game. So we'll see if he starts to practice. We're going to – I don't know if we're going to actually talk – yeah, we will talk about Lamar Jackson, how much he targets his wide receivers. It's like never. Yeah. So Marquise Brown, though, when he's healthy, he is exciting. He, he's one of those boom and plays, he's, boom he, bust When he's plays. healthy, he's getting targets. So hard to – Hard to ignore that there. Amari Cooper did not practice on Wednesday with a, a bruised quad. Not not great. Um, Marcus Mariota benched in favor of Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, he was targeting Corey Davis. Corey they, Davis time, baby. Corey Davis season. It's finally here. We've yeah. only waited four years for this. Um, I'm I, making fun of people, but I totally picked him up in like two redrafts that I'm struggling. I get it. In depth, just to see what happens. I really have like no expectations. I have zero, but maybe it happens. Because I, I still think Ryan Tannehill is a better passer than Marcus Mariota. Maybe, maybe. But besides Jarvis Landry, like who did Ryan, like Devontae Parker, I feel like is exactly Corey Davis. Like these two people are living the same career. Yeah, but you also have like the fact that Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill he missed a whole season due to a knee injury came That's back fine but he's been playing with Devontae Parker and Devontae Parker was always supposed to be great and they're like once he gets rid of Ryan Tannehill he'll be great so now why when Corey Davis gets Ryan Tannehill he's supposed to be something I do think Corey Davis will be better than when he Worth was with Marcus yes yes I agree with you Saquon Barkley, baby, practicing in full. It's Saquon Barkley season. Michelle, you traded Saquon Barkley for peanuts. Okay. Peanuts. It was when he officially first got hurt, and they said he was going to be out till week 11, and it was different. But I I still got James Conner. I got James Conner and John Ross. I didn't know John Ross was going to go in IR. How did you not know? Uh. But no, he's back. I actually just traded for him and I got him in a dynasty. Let's go. Congratulations. In other news, one of my dynasty leagues, uh, the owner quit just now, like right before we started recording. They're shutting down the team for the season. So no trades, no waiver wire pickups. Team has Dak and Saquon. No trades. Well, that's just a bad commissioner. I mean, find someone else. Sorry, Alex, if you're listening. He doesn't listen. Devin Singletary <laughs> practicing in full. Yes. Let's go. This is a song that has been playing in my heart <laughs> since we got the news. Oh, this dude better be healthy. And I the am bills so. Better give this man the ball. We are going to talk a lot more about him in just a few minutes here. So should we get into our scrumptious starts of the week? Stop doing that. Yes, we're we going should. to have to call this segment something else if you do not stop doing that noise. All right, let's get into it. So meaty. What's not to like? Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. It is delicious. It's good for me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Michelle, how are you starting off? Week seven, what delicious quarterback play are you going for? Which scrum diddly umptious play are you recommending to our followers? I'm going with someone that you might be able to get off waivers, or possibly you have him, and we're very sad last week. It's Gardner Minshew versus the Bengals. So Gardner Minshew struggled a lot versus the Saints last week, which was expected. Like the Saints um, have a... Bolusky. Yeah, he's a, he's a fumbler. Um, but the Saints have a good defense. They, are, they have a veteran coach. He knows how to play, especially against... You know, he knows how to get his defense ready, especially against a six-round rookie. 
So this was very much expected last week that he had to, you know, play against the Saints and he was going to struggle. This week he gets the Bengals. No, and the Bengals are nothing like the Saints. They are giving up a lot of points to the quarterback position. And guess what? Gardner Minshew was very good before last week. He was very solid. He was getting over 200 passing yards a game. He had at least two touchdowns, two passing touchdowns, and four of his five starts. He was really solid. So I think this week he gets back on track against the defense that's giving up the fourth most points to the quarterback position. And I think he will throw two touchdowns at least over 200 yards and be a very solid start for you this week. Not a boom. Like, I don't think he's, he could get over 30 points, but I'm thinking more around the 20, 25 point range. Yeah. And it's a very solid start for you this week if you need quarterback. I, I like it. The porn stash himself. I'm going with another guy that we love, Josh Allen versus Miami. It's too delicious. If I, I wasn't like the Bill obsessor, he would have been mine as well. But yeah. I can't just like obsess over every Bill. I actually, Michelle, I snuck into I this. I just love every Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I snuck into the show doc early on, and it was literally just the entire Bill's roster under scrumptious skirts. And I was like, Michelle, we got to. We got to change this up a little bit. We so. change it up so people don't leave us. We're only talking about a couple. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen, he's coming off the bye. He's at home. He's had a couple of tougher matchups lately. Played New England, played Tennessee. Both of those are pretty decent defense. He didn't quite explode, but he's still running the ball. He's averaging eight attempts per game on pace for 500 rushing yards, which I think is very quiet. Like we, I don't think anybody's been talking about his rushing ability as of late, because of the fact that he hasn't posted one of those 100-yard rushing games like we saw at the end of last season, but he's still doing it. He's still getting it done. Miami, they're not a top pass defense. Um, they're a bottom five, right? I, I went into the Rotoviz uh, game splits tool. When Josh Allen is playing against a bottom five pass defense, he is averaging 31.33 fantasy points per game. Averaging fewer interceptions, more touchdowns, go figure, more passing yards. He's he's definitely one of those guys that he's he needs a, a decent matchup for him to get it done through the air. But his passing completion has jumped this offseason. So he he was averaging around 55 percent uh, completion percentage last season. He's up to uh, into the 60s this year. And I think it's because he's he's not making quite as many bonehead mistakes. Still making some, but not as many. I think this matchup against Miami, it doesn't really matter what he's going to do against them. I think he's going to be able to do it, whether it's through the air or on the ground. Josh Allen, everybody. Yeah, he's a great start. He's going to be a great start for a long time. That schedule is amazing. It is amazing. They don't have a hard matchup for a really long time. <laughs> uh, can yeah. I get into my scrumptious running back? Yeah, let's week, let's hear it. Like, right. I feel like this is the perfect segue. Michelle, give us your scrumptious running back of the week. All right. And this is the last we'll talk about the Bills. All right. It's Devin Singletary. Are you really going to promise that? Like, no, what if it happens? Not. Probably not. Devin Singletary, baby. He is back and they allowed him enough time to get fully healthy. They were thinking about him coming back week five. He probably could have went. If he was like the star running back on their team, right? Like he was already this big star on their team I feel like he would have played but because he's a rookie and they have Frank Gore they gave him time they gave him time throughout the bye week he's good to go for week seven I think and also, he's fully healthy like, the last two matchups just not not great matchups you have Tennessee not a great like rushing defense to get your rookie guy going I I'm totally fine with him sitting there give him extra rest make sure he's fully healthy especially when you don't expect him to have a ton of success against a tougher rushing defense to begin with. Yeah, and that's what they did. So I'm very happy about that because now he gets Miami, which we were just talking about. They are giving up the mm -mm -mm. most points to the running back position. They're, uh, they're not good. I mean, I think we've, <laughs> we've talked about that enough that Miami's just not that great. Now, when we're looking at Devin Singletary, baby, he only has... 10 rushing attempts on the season. That is such a small sample size. I get that. It's petite. He's averaging 12.7 yards per carry, which is absurd. It's the highest in the league, which you might say, well, he's only had 10 carries. But it's comparing them, him to everyone in the league. So other people have only had 10 carries or five carries or one carry. And he's still the highest. But yes, take that with a grain of salt. That will go way down once he starts getting some actual carries in a game. But 
Out of his 10 rushing attempts, seven, seven of those have gone for over 10 yards. Just to really show you how crazy that is, um, I'm going to compare that to the top backs in the league. So Zeke and CMC right now are leading this stat of the most rushing attempts that have gone for over 10 yards with 16 carries. 16 have gone over 10 yards for Zeke and CMC. They've had 113 and 127 carries compared to Singletary's 10. And they only have nine more rushing attempts that have gone over 10. That's crazy. He is an explosive player. And this is what I've been saying. I feel like everybody was touting Devin Singletary throughout the offseason. I was saying he was one of my favorite rookie running backs and so underrated, like absolutely so underrated. I want to hit that set, though, for a little second longer. Like I have have more to hit there. Barkley has eight. Again, remember Singletary has seven. Barkley has eight. David Johnson has eight. Kamara, Alvin Kamara has eight. Connor, Connor has seven. The same amount as Singletary. I don't know, a lot more attempts. Gurley, Todd Gurley, Kerryon Johnson, and Le'Veon Bell. Gurley has six attempts over 10 yards. Kerryon Johnson has five attempts over 10 yards. And Le'Veon Bell has four attempts over 10 yards. And Devin Singletary has seven off of 10 attempts. I am so excited for this dude. He gets to come back against Miami. I don't, we don't even need him to get a full workload. Like we don't need him to take all of Frank Gore's carries because he can do it off of like five carries. I'm starting. <laughs> I him. wouldn't I'm bank on that everywhere. efficiency. Just I am. game in and game out. And he can catch a ball. He's really good in the, in the, in the yeah. receiving game. Oh, I love this man. I love this man too. I, okay. Real question right now. So you mentioned that Todd Gurley has six of those explosive carries mm-hmm. compared to Singletary 7. Yep. Would you trade them straight up right now? No, I wouldn't. So you still want Todd Gurley? I just traded, like, I would trade Joe Mixon straight up for Singletary. I would trade, um, there's a lot of people I would trade straight up. Gurley would be a hard one. Gurley's a hard one. I don't know what to do with Gurley. I would rather keep Mixon. I don't think you honestly. have to trade Singletary or Gurley straight up for Singletary, though. Like, I think you can get another piece. But you're total. Would you be fine? Yeah, I would, giving him away if you were getting Singletary in return, and, and a piece. piece. Yes, and I want to say I'd be fine straight up, but that's really risky. That's really risky. I think Todd Gurley's risky, but I love that Singletary. Like his fellow draft classmates, Miles Sanders and Montgomery, they don't even combined. They don't have as many ten plus rushing yards as Singletary does. They have five combined. Singletary has seven, and he has ten carries incredible i can't get over that stat and uh like he's going against miami adrian peterson 90 year old adrian peterson just put up 118 yards on them Uh, i believe he's 95 actually he was averaging over five yards per carry when's the last time adrian peterson has averaged over five (laughs) yards per carry uh if he disappoints me devin singletary you're dead to me i don't whoa i do not think he will disappoint my scrumptious running back of the week, Philip Lindsay versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Baby, baby, baby. The Kansas City Chiefs, they just cannot stop it on the ground. Allowed Carlos Hyde to run for 116 yards and a touchdown. You all said he was dead. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, does Kansas for- City wish they kept Carlos Hyde now? Because he's way better than Damian Williams. I absolutely agree. And you know, maybe it was a maybe it was a scheme fit. Maybe Carlos Hyde just didn't fit what they were trying to do, and that's fine. But But do Davian Williams and LaShawn McCoy fit what they're trying to do? Does any running back fit the Kansas City Chiefs scheme? I honestly think that it's a lot. It's a product of volume. They're not. They're just not making a concerted effort to run the ball in Kansas City. I don't know why. Um, And maybe it is the lack of confidence in their run game that is keeping the ball out of their hands, but. I also think that, you know, while you have Patrick Mahomes, he had that rolled ankle. I do wonder if he's still maybe having some issues with that ankle after the injury because he hasn't looked quite as Patrick Mahomesy. Should we give Phil Lindsay his time, though, and stop always obsessing over Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely. Give, be kind and give Phil Lindsay his time because I feel like on this podcast, we hate on Lindsay a lot. So now we're finally calling yeah, him, I'm giving him a some scrumptious love. start of the week. Focus on this man. You're being rude. So in the last six weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs, they've allowed one, two, three, four running backs to run for over 100 yards. 
Next up, you had uh, Josh Jacobs in week two, 99 yards. He just missed that cutoff. One yard. You couldn't have fallen forward for one more for me. I would count that. To round it out, Josh. Uh, I, I really like all of the opportunities that they're going to have to run the ball. Philip Lindsay is a guy that can catch the ball. I wouldn't be surprised either to see Freeman get in a, a really good game. I think he's a fine flex play this week. But Kansas City, they're giving up the eighth most fantasy points per game to the running back, the most rushing yards per game in the league on average. I mean, I, I think both of these guys have plenty of room to to eat. They're giving up points in the receiving game to the running back. I just think this is a a good matchup, and they don't have a good enough passing game there in Denver to really be able to rely on Joe Flacco and company. They've got to rely on the run, and I think that's the way that they are going to be able to win any games, grind out the clock, keep the game away from Patrick Mahomes. Yep, and that's what teams are going to do now because it's working right now. I think Andy Reid will adjust to this um, this game plan against him and figure it out, but right now the game plan is run, 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 keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I feel like last year offenses were trying to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. We have to throw, we have to throw because we need to score as many touchdowns as he does. Well, they were really just kept giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes faster. The game plan should be to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. We need to run, we need to drain off this clock. And uh, sooner or later, maybe we can stop Patrick Mahomes. But yes, I agree with you, Phil Lindsay. Good play here. And Royce Freeman. All right. You want to get into your wide receiver? Because we've got, yeah, we have a bit of a controversy in the Maju household. So our wide receivers are both Rams wide receivers this week, but they're different ones. And I'm very adamant about mine and you're very adamant about yours. So we're going to make a little bet here, a Betsy. But let's, let's talk about it first and why we're on each side. So my guy is Brandon Cooks versus Atlanta. My guy is Robert Woods. So any wide receiver against Atlanta can good be good matchup. Can, yeah, it's a good matchup, okay? But you got to figure out which one can have the biggest boom play. Uh, right now, Atlanta is giving up the third most fantasy points to the wide receiver position, averaging 36 points per game. So, really, all three of the Rams wide receivers can eat. But if you own one of them, you kind of want them to just eat them all up, right? I'm looking, at, I'm looking at Atlanta and what wide receivers went off on them. And a lot of them are speedsters. Like, it's the speedster guys that are going off on them. Nelson Aguilar, who ran a 4-4-2 for his 40 time, had 107 yards and a touchdown. Aguilar hasn't done anything else the rest of the time. Will Fuller, a 4.32 guy for his 40 time, he had 217 yards and three touchdowns. Demir Beard? Bird? Demir Bird last week for Arizona. 4.28 guy. Uh, he had 60 yards against them. Like, when have you heard of this guy before? Larry Fitzgerald only had 69 yards, maybe because he's a little old and slower. Um, and then Brandon Cooks is clearly just, he's the 4-3-3 guy for the Rams. He is going to eat. And the issue with Atlanta is they can't, they can't cover these speed guys. They can't tackle after the catch. They are allowing so many yards after catch to these speedsters because clearly they're not fast on defense. They can't keep up with these guys. Cooks is the fast guy in the Rams uh, wide receiver group, and I think he is going to eat up this week. All right. I, I, see, I see where you're going there. I see you're going for the big splash play, right? I think the issue is that when you're going for those speedy guys and you're looking for the guys that can beat people down the field, you have to assume that your quarterback can get the ball to that guy. Can Jared Goff get the ball down the field at this point? Because when he's attempting a 20-plus yard pass down the field, guess what? It's 6% of the time. He is only throwing the ball deep 6% of the time. It's the week they open it up. He only has four more 20-yard passing attempts than second-year quarterback Mason Rudolph. Four more. You, like, the whole point of Mason Rudolph being in the game has been to utilize the these underneath passing opportunities. And yet you still see that he's been able to get the ball down the field. Robert Woods leads the team in offensive snaps, 97% of offensive snaps so far. Second most route run amongst wide receivers on the entire NFL. Cooks has just six more targets than Gerald Everett. He's not being used. And I think it's because 
they just can't get him the ball. I think it's a Jared Goff problem. I don't think it's a Brandon Cooks problem, although he has been banged up, but he just hasn't seen the target share. He's got 37 targets to Robert Woods, 51. He's being targeted down the field, um, is, leads the, the league or leads the Rams in average depth of target, 13.8 yards. But I think the issue is that he's not like Jared Goff is just not completing those passes. So it's my issue with Brandon Cooks is not a Brandon Cooks problem. It is a Jared Goff problem. Has Robert Woods had one good game? Like one good game? He had a touchdown last week. (laughs) A rushing touchdown. (laughs) It was a rushing touchdown. You know who actually led the team last week in uh, yards? I know. It was Brandon Cooks with 18 yards, okay? That's really <laughs> It's really good. Well, when good. your quarterback's only throwing for 70, there's... there's Yeah. It, so if Brandon Cooks is the leader last week, then he's going to be the leader this week. Anyway, Isn't guys... Isn't that the knowledge we use? Yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, do you watch games? <laughs> do you even watch the games? Yeah. I bet you didn't watch the game. I really like Robert Woods from a PPR perspective. He's getting the target share. It's just... I mean, when you're looking at the entire offense, with the exception of Cooper Cup, they're struggling. And it's, I think, again, it is a product of Jared Goff. And I think Jared Goff is leaning on Cooper Cup so much because he's struggling. Well, yeah, I think both of us, I think we can agree. If we had a choice out of any of the three, we're going with Cooper Cup, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, trying if to they're dig all, deeper there. If, Cooper Cup's a must start. Yeah. And in DFS, if they're all the same price, it would obviously be Cooper Cup. I do think since Brandon Cooks would be much cheaper than Cooper Cup, I would go with Brandon Cooks in this game. But anyways, this conversation is about Cooks versus Woods. We're going to make a bet. Are we just doing straight up fantasy points or are we doing catches here? Are we doing yards? Should we do yards? Let's just do straight up fantasy points. Full PPR. Full PPR fantasy points. Yeah. All right. And what's the bet? Uh, we normally do a chug of beer. Is that one getting lame now? Like what other bets are there to do over a podcast? Should we let the people decide? That could be dangerous. <laughs> All right. We'll post it on Twitter. We'll ask for your feedback. We'll ask for you guys to let us know what do you want to see? What do you want to see the loser have to do? I'm not eating worms. That's out of the question. Um, I'm not touching an insect. So no. Yeah. yeah. We will choose accordingly. <laughs> we are ladies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll do that. And then we also want to hear what you guys want. So we're going to post it over at polsports.com. Get your feedback there. Let us know who you have for week seven. Should All right. we get into our tight ends? Yeah. Let's do the tight end. Now. Let's hear yours. Mark Andrews in Seattle. Now this might this one might be like Michelle you're you're going too easy here, but he did have three straight games of pretty I mean he was disappointing for three straight weeks from weeks 3 to 5. He had 15 yards, 31 yards, 45 yards. Um so he hasn't had a 100-yard game since week 2. I mean last week he did have 99 yards, so kind of cheating there. But I think in this game he's going to eat up. Like eat up. He's going to be, I would call him possibly the tight end one on the week. I'm that excited about him. Seattle's giving up the fourth most points to the tight end position. Um, and it's not like they've played these great tight ends. Like sometimes I like to look at that. Maybe Seattle's just gotten screwed over by the schedule and they're they're playing like, you know, the Ertz and the Kittles and the Kelseys, and that's why they're giving up so many. But no, they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points, and they've played people like Uzuma, Eifert, Vance McDonald, Gerald Everett, Ricky Seals-Jones. Like They're giving up a lot of fantasy points to them, like those tight ends, and I don't think anyone's too pumped to play any of them. Uh, Mark Andrews, on the other hand, is an actual really good tight end. He is getting the targets on his team. He's not getting the snap percentage. Like, he's not playing that many offensive snaps. He has yet to go over 52 offensive snaps in a single game. Yet, it doesn't matter because he has 47 targets on the season, which is the most for the Ravens. The next closest is uh, Hollywood Brown with 39. So he's eight above the next closest uh, guy on the team, and that's a wide receiver. When you look at the Ravens' target share, three of the top five players on the team with target share are tight ends. Like, Lamar Jackson doesn't want to use, use his wide receivers. I'd rather go for the big guy running down the middle. You could just go up and, like, snatch that the ball. The guy the wide air. open. That's what Lamar Jackson does. He doesn't want to pass to anyone in close coverage because he knows he will not complete the pass. 
Um, which is good to have that type of knowledge, you know? It's good to have that self-awareness. Insightful. Yeah, self-awareness is very important. He knows what he can do. He can pass the ball 10 yards to a wide-open guy. So he uses Mark Andrews, as I would too. Because you just made a Twitter apology, by the way, about no, Lamar Jackson. I didn't, it's not I, going well. I didn't make it yet. I said I will on Sunday if he... Uh, so I'm going to make a Twitter apology in video form if Lamar Jackson uh, scores over 20 fantasy points this week in Seattle. I don't think it happens. But it could happen because Mark Andrews is going to go off and help Lamar Jackson out. But yes, I, I think he has a really good game this week. It's a nice matchup. He has all the target share. Mark Andrews, baby. I love it. My tight end start of the week, Hunter Henry of the Los Angeles Chargers. It may seem like a no-brainer given that he went off for eight receptions, 100 yards, two touchdowns last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I love this matchup. If there's any question at all about whether or not you continue to play him, I'm playing him over most tight ends. If you picked up a Darren Waller or somebody else, I would actually like to sell Darren Waller and keep Hunter Henry. I think that the, the Chargers offense has not been explosive right like we just have not have not seen it from them but this matchup against Tennessee they're they're a tough defense through the air but they're giving up the ninth most fantasy points per game to the tight end position and you know why they've given up a a receiving touchdown in four weeks four weeks to really not successful tight ends You've got David Njoku, Eric Ebron, James O'Shaughnessy. Uh, who else? You got, uh, sorry, Lee Smith of Buffalo. This doesn't make me happy because I just traded Hunter Henry and I could really use a win this week. But you know what they did? Why couldn't you tell me this before I traded him? I'm sorry. I, I'm all in on Hunter Henry. I think that I, like if I had a guy like Darren Waller that still has some trade value, I'll trade him over Hunter Henry. Austin Hooper went for 130 yards. He didn't come down with a score that game, but he's that kind of receiving tight end that I would comp to Derek or Hunter Henry. I'm so obsessed with Derek Henry. Um, but he's a, a tight end that's capable of yardage. You're not just relying on him for the touchdown, but I do think that while they struggle, they continue to look for Hunter Henry. I just think it's going to be a product of the offense until they can get their running backs Back up to speed. Melvin Gordon has looked slow. He's looked like he missed training camp. He does. He, he does. He just hasn't hasn't been quite as effective as you want to see. Um, and honestly, I think they'd probably have more success using Austin Eckler more. But then how do you ever get Melvin Gordon up to speed if you're not using him? It's sort of like this catch-22, but I love Hunter Henry. He's my start of the week. Hunter Henry looked good. He was open a lot. I'm not sure if it's just because the Steelers' game plan didn't really focus on him since he was... Not really. He was questionable to play to begin with, and they were really focused on stopping Keenan Allen. But if Hunter Henry keeps staying that open and teams are focusing on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and stopping Melvin Gordon and stopping Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry is going to be used. Phillip Rivers, even though he's struggling, he's still a veteran quarterback who knows how to use his guys. So I think Hunter Henry can have a really solid season. And now I'm just sad I sold him. Sorry. Yeah. Let's hear your defensive scrumptious defense of the week uh it's jacksonville versus cincy there's not a lot of good matchups this week uh i'm just i was trying to find a streamer and there's really not you feel comfortable with jacksonville even without jalen ramsey i do so jacksonville's been giving up some yardage in the passing game they haven't been nearly as dominant as they have in the past but since he's given up a lot to defenses uh in the last two weeks maybe not so much arizona only had one fantasy point against cincy as a defense not a good defense but that's arizona and then baltimore only had five points baltimore is not what they used to be either but uh pittsburgh and buffalo both had 19 points and 11 points seattle had 12 san fran had seven i think jacksonville can make andy dalton make some mistakes i think jacksonville will just run this clock run the clock, run the clock, which is going to cause some stress on Cincy to start moving the ball, and they can make some mistakes here. I like Jacksonville to get some sacks, some turnovers, and I think this is a good game for them. Yeah, it might be also kind of motivating. You have uh, Jalen Ramsey traded to the Rams. Do we even talk about that in the news? Crazy, crazy stuff. So you have him, and I'm sure plenty of people ask that question about the Jacksonville defense. Do you trust them without Jalen Ramsey? That that might be a little bit of motivation for the Jaguars moving forward. My scrumptious start is 
the 49ers at Washington. I still saw them on some waivers this week. Yes, now they're picked up. Hopefully you picked them up. They are averaging the second most fantasy points per game for a fantasy defense. It was hard to trust them as an actual. They were my start of the week, I think, in week two or week three, guys. Yeah, they were. And I was like, okay, are you sure? It was week two. And I was like, are we really trusting them? 49ers are a hard team to truly trust that they were going to break out and be this dominant team. But it looks like they're truly dominant. I called it. I did it. Oh, good for you. I did it. Go. Uh, (laughs) So uh, Washington... They are they're nothing to fear, but the 49ers are allowing the fewest passing yards on average per game, 175, six fewest rushing yards per game, 86. Uh, they're eighth in sacks, 17 sacks, second in points per game, uh, fewest points per game allowed, tied for fourth in interceptions. Come on. It's Washington. Go play them. There's no, this nothing is an else easy to one. say. This is probably the defense of the week here against Washington, for sure. Should we get into our sleepers? Yeah. Oh, that's a risky little game. I also like to live dangerously. I am very, very sneaky, sir. All right, Michelle, who's your sneaky little sleeper for week seven? All right, my... How little are they? My sneaky sleeper is Daryl Henderson for the Rams. I brought this up that I was going to be talking about a Ram in my sleeper group. And it's Daryl Henderson, even if girly plays. I thought you were going to say that you were going to talk about a Ram in your sleep. That would be interesting. I do dream about Daryl Henderson quite often. Do you really? Yeah, all the time. That's so weird. Daryl Henderson, though, he he didn't get much opportunity last game with Gurley out. But now we have a Malcolm Brown uh, banged up. He missed practice on Wednesday. We have Gurley with a thigh contusion. So even if he plays, I don't think he gets a ton of work. And Malcolm Brown, or sorry, Daryl Henderson looked good in his limited action, even against San Fran, who is stopping everything in that offense. So Daryl Henderson only had six rushing attempts, but he was much more efficient than Malcolm Brown was on his attempts. He averaged 6.5 yards per carry while Malcolm Brown was only averaging 3.6. And he just looked better too. He he did get a target, only one target, but he caught it. And uh, I think it was for nine yards. Yeah, for nine yards, which seems like nothing. But when the when the leading receiver had 18 yards in that game. It's like, okay, all right, I'll take it. I'll take one target, one reception for nine yards. But Daryl Henderson looked really good out there. I, I know in the last couple of weeks, they said they might have to start leaning on Henderson more and that it could be soon. And I'm thinking this game could be it. I love the matchup against Atlanta. He just looks more explosive. One of the running backs has to do something against this defense, right? And I think it'll be Daryl Henderson. So I'm willing to even start him if Gurley plays if I need someone. Like, I'm not plugging him in over a guy that has definite volume. But if you need a guy, I would take a risk on Daryl Henderson this week. Love it. Sleeper alert. John Brown is practicing on Thursday. Full? Yeah. Is that a sleep? Oh, so that it wasn't a sleeper, but it was a sleeper app alert. Yeah. I thought, I thought you were about to call John Brown your sleeper. And I was like, Kate, we just said we weren't talking about any more bells. Yeah. And plus, no. he's not a sleeper no more anyways. But he's practicing. Yes, he is. Oh, I love that. That is music to my ears. That's super right. exciting. Anyway, you can That's go great. with your deep sleeper. All right. I'm I going guess. in. To my deep sleeper. And when I say deep, I dug deep, super deep. I'm actually kind of nervous to say this. Rhett Ellison. Now, if you don't even know who that is, that's okay. That's okay. He's the backup tight end for the Giants. And you might be thinking, what happened to Evan Ingram? I thought he's practicing this week. He is, and he's going to play. And Evan Ingram's going to eat, and he's going to be great. And he could also end as the tight end one. He'll be right there in competition with Mark Andrews. But Rhett Ellison is the backup. You and should see the look on my face right now, guys. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for the... They're going up against Arizona, who just gives up in a ridiculous, comical amount of fantasy points to the tight end position, averaging 20 points against them a game from the tight ends. And uh, the next closest is Tampa Bay. They're giving up 14 points. So not even close. Just Arizona just doesn't care about the tight end position. I think Evan Ingram, with his knee issues, might miss some snaps, you know. And even if he doesn't, Rhett Ellison will get his snaps. And he's been playing, even with Evan Ingram in the game, around 43 to 50%. 
it's gone up and down from that low 40s to low 50% of the game. So he'll get his snaps. I think they they started to get some work in together with Daniel Jones last week. He had seven targets, only three receptions for 30 yards, but that's against New England. I think against Arizona, he will get targets. He will be open. He'll get targets. He can come down with a touchdown, and this is a glory play. So if you are... If you're looking at a 16 teamer, well, I'm talking about like if you if you need a tight end this week, I'm trying to think, would you rather play Noah Fant or Noah Fant or Rhett Ellison? I'd rather play a Rhett. I would take Rhett Ellison against the better matchup. Let's do some more here. Um, Lee Smith of Buffalo. (laughs) Or like Tyler, Tyler Croft is coming back. Would you rather play him, Dawson Knox or Rhett Ellison? I'd probably go Dawson Knox because they also have a good matchup. So that was a bad one. How about Jeff Swaim or yeah, like Jeff, I'm playing Rhett Ellison there. Uh, Ebron, like Ebron's a big name, right? He's been doing nothing all year. He gets the Houston Texans. I just I would rather go with a guy who has some upside than someone you know is going to get you two points or one and a half points. And Rhett Ellison could get you zero. I'm hey, not, not gonna lie, he Eric Ebron might points. get you a honey bun. <laughs> Hey, but you know what? Rhett Ellison has yet to get zero points this year. Yeah. He has had an eight-yard game and a three-yard game and another eight-yard game. That is fair. He has not goosed. He has not had zero points yet. <laughs> it's a deep sleeper. It's very deep. I might be playing him in one league. We shall see. Oh, please come back to tell us which league you are playing him in. I hope I play you in that league this week. You are playing me in the league Oh, this my week. God. Yes. All okay. Right. So my sleeper of the week, DK Metcalf, he has been so consistent. When you're looking at rookie wide receivers, he is ranked second in yards only to Terry McLaurin. He's been consistent. The Seattle Seahawks just lost Will Disley with a torn Achilles. He's out for the season. He's been averaging around 70% of snaps. He's on the field, on pace for 83 targets, 900 yards, and five touchdowns. That's outstanding for a rookie wide receiver. Second most uh, yards among wide receivers drafted in 2019, like I said, tied for the second most end zone targets and tied with Michael Thomas and Adam Thielen for number of red zone targets. The opportunity is definitely there. And when you're looking at the fact that the Seahawks just lost a guy who was a big touchdown threat for their offense, I think that they can easily slot in a big boy like DK Metcalf into that lineup and use him as a, a red zone guy. He's he's big enough. He's strong enough. He can go up for the contested catch. I I love DK Metcalf rest of season. I agree with you. And I think the Will Disley injury does help him. Yeah. Deep, 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 deep. So deep sleeper. Mark Walton. PPR leagues only. Saw a season high snap percentage last week. 42%. After being hyped by the coach, Kalen Balaj, he... I know he had the touchdown last week, but he's like dead to the Dolphins. That's like so fantasy. Yes. Yeah. That's so fantasy. Where it you is think so maybe fantasy. he can play Drake in a matchup. They Balage gets benched for Walton and then Balage gets the touchdown. Yeah. Whatever. Absolutely terrible. Offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea said he would see a bigger role moving forward, and he did. Um, just had six rushing attempts last week, but saw six targets, rolled in five of those for 43 yards. If you want to move the ball on the Bills, it is either going to be on the ground or it's going to be on short yardage targets. Mark Walton, baby. I don't hate it. I don't it's hate gross. it. It's gross. It's disgusting. Yeah. You will vomit everywhere after you put him in your lineup. It will be a, you know, a, a play to try to get six to ten points in PPR. Like, I don't think it's a play where you're, you're hoping for a boom, like, at all. But if you need a guy to get in your lineup just to give you some, just to give you any points at all. That would be a Mark Walton. It's gross enough that your league mates will probably avoid him. He's probably on your waivers. Oh, for sure, yeah. Uh, Fades, let's talk about some people that we're not excited to play this week. I told Dwight that there is honor in losing, which, as we all know, is completely ridiculous. Who are you fading this week, Michelle? Give me what you got. This one hurts me. My first one hurts me. It's Terry McLaurin versus Who's San Fran. in the market for a new nickname, by the way? Okay. Well, I like just calling him Terry McLaurin. I, okay. like pe- I like calling people their actual names. Scary Terry. I don't like Scary Terry. He's not scary. Yeah. My scary Terry's fine, but I just like calling him Terry McLaurin. Okay. And he's my fade. 
I am still willing to start him if you need a wide receiver to plug in. I don't think he's scary enough not to be able to start him at all. But San Fran is giving up very, very little yardage. They are a very good defense. Now, Terry McLaurin has done it against hard defenses. He's had uh, 62 yards and a touchdown against Dallas, 70 yards and a touchdown against Chicago, 51 yards against New England. So it's not like he will kill you. I just, I'm just not excited for him this week to have a boom week, which you're, you're normally pretty excited for this kid because he's been killing it for you. He's been really good and very consistent. But when you Super look reliable. at what San Fran has done, I mean, last week they held Jared Goff to 78 yards and the highest receiver was an 18 yards, 18 yards from Brandon Cooks. I don't think, I think, you know, San Fran won't hold another offense to that extent. That was just a really bad game by the Rams. But if they're going to hold another team like that, it would be Washington and Case Keenum. Like if they can hold Jared Goff and, you know, the McVay led offense, I think yeah. they can do Case Keenum. But even if you look at the other guys, Jameis Winston had 194 yards and three interceptions. Baker Mayfield, just in week five, right before the Rams game, 100 total yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. You saw OBJ get nothing in that game. Mason Rudolph did have two touchdowns, but only 174 yards. So Case Keenum's going to struggle in this game. And wide receivers just aren't doing much at all against San Fran lately. So I, I'm going to sit Terry McLaurin if I can. I'll give him a little tear because I'm sad to put him on my bench. I just think there's no boom here for him. And yeah. the chance for him to bust is pretty high. So I'm not excited about him this week. I agree. I've taken him out of a couple lineups this week. I'm fading running back Melvin Gordon of the Los Angeles Chargers. Everybody has been disappointed, yep. if, to say the least. He's not looked uh, quite up to speed from a just athleticism perspective, he hasn't looked like Melvin Gordon. He has been making big moves. He doesn't have a ton of burst. This is not the matchup for him to bounce back. Tennessee is giving up the eighth fewest points to the running back position, have yet to allow a 100-yard uh, game to any running back. And he's played, they played Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, uh, Devonta Freeman, Philip Lindsay. It's, those aren't bad running backs. Eh, Devonta Freeman. Okay, I'll give you that one. but. The others are not bad running backs. The other running backs are having tremendous success, so I just don't think this is the matchup for for this to happen. PFF has the Titans ranked as the uh, 10th most highly graded rushing defense just behind your Chicago Bears. Not your Chicago Bears, but the Chicago Bears. Nobody wants to start running backs against them, but I... Yeah, Chicago got kind of hurt there by Josh Jacobs running all over them. Yeah, a the, little bit. The Tennessee Titans, though, they are a legitimate run defense. They're holding guys, so I don't see this as a opportunity for Melvin Gordon to break out. So he they might... are they are holding uh, backs on the ground. They are allowing running backs to catch the ball. So maybe Melvin Gordon can get some receptions there. I would actually be more excited to start Eckler over Gordon this week. Yeah, th those. Beautiful targets for Austin Eckler. Even when he did nothing on the ground after Melvin Gordon's return, he should still see the volume in the passing game. But also Melvin Gordon, like he should see a relatively safer floor because of his his pass catching upside. But Pittsburgh like dominated Melvin Gordon on the ground. Like he was not moving. I did feel like we had a harder time taking down Eckler. Eckler still didn't do much against that defense, but it looked like Eckler was more explosive, was harder to take down. So right now, I still like Eckler more than Melvin Gordon, at least in this matchup. And then moving forward, we'll have to reevaluate. Yeah. All right. My guy is also a big name running back who held out last year, Le'Veon Bell. Now, last week, I was all about the Le'Veon Bell show, and I still am for the rest of season. I'm very excited about him. I want to own him in everything. But this week, this week is going to suck to own him. And it's going to be hard to play him, even though you're probably still going to. But he goes up against New England. And New England run defense is legit. They are the number one defense against running backs for fantasy, for fantasy points against. So they're not allowing running backs to do anything for fantasy purposes. Now, they haven't really played any great running backs. Like when you look at it, it's like Chris Thompson, TJ Yeldon, Frank Gore. Frank wow. Gore even had 109 yards on them. Uh, James Conner, Kenyon Drake, Mark Walton, like guys that aren't really doing much on the ground anyways. But New England's held them, and this is the people they've played, so they can't really do much else. 
you know, you can't do much else about against your schedule. I think their defense is legit. And they just played the Jets like five seconds ago, and Le'Veon Bell had 35 rushing yards and 28 receiving yards. No touchdowns. I think we could see a game like that again, unfortunately, even though now they have back Sam Darnold instead of, what, Luke Folk. So maybe maybe Le'Veon Bell can get it going a little bit more, but I do not expect this to be a great game for Le'Veon Bell at all. But if he struggles, as we all expect, then go buy him afterwards because that would be two games in a row now with Sam Darnold back that Le'Veon Bell struggled and his schedule really opens up after this. Yeah, I love I love the buy low opportunity. My second fade of the week, Kirk Cousins versus the Detroit Lions. The Lions had some tough breaks, tough breaks in week six all over the Packers. They were just plagued, plagued with penalties and it was it was gross. And you, you got to feel bad for for their team. And you know that they are going to come back in this game and want revenge they are going to be so hungry for a win after they came so close so close to that opportunity Kirk Cousins he's been uh in the last two weeks he's been the quarterback five uh but you've got the Lions who are ranked 10th in by PFF's grade for coverage number one in fumble recovery Kirk Cousins has fumbled seven times in six games tied just with Gardner Minshew he hasn't been holding on to the ball the last time he played in Detroit, he threw for 164 yards, one touchdown, one interception. I don't think that this is going to be like a ceiling game for Kirk Cousins. And this is part of the reason why I did not want to trade for him when he had these nice, nice matchups. You're, don't put on the rosy glasses, right? Don't fall for the Kirk Cousins thing because he isn't a consistent guy. And I've been super disappointed with Kirk Cousins so far in the season. I was really high on him going into 2019 with the the assets that they have, but I, I could just see them reverting back to the run game, take it out of Kirk Cousins' hands. I don't think the upside's there for him. All right. Well, now that we've been uh, negative Nancys and brought ourselves down, actually, I yeah, I love Kirk Cousins, so it's hard to it's hard to agree with you here. But against the Lions, I have to agree. They're going to be out for blood. And I think Thielen and Diggs also have down games as well. So I agree with you here. All right. Yeah, keep it that, on the ground. Dalvin Cook, baby. That ends it for our scrumptious starts, our sleepers, and our fades. What game are you most excited to watch this week, Kate? I'm going Vikings-Lions. I'm sticking with my uh, with my fade. Okay. I just, I, I like, I you told want that you before, defensive game? I like the divisional games. I think they're fun to watch. Lions had two phantom calls, led to their loss. I think they're just going to be see as a fantasy out. as a fantasy fan. Like I just want to see fantasy points. I hate divisional games. Yeah, but you know what? I, like I think that I was super excited when I really got a chance to watch Matthew Stafford. He looks incredible. Marvin Jones looks so good. Kenny Galladay looks so good. I still think there's room for for fantasy points. I just think they're going to be on the Detroit side of the ball. Okay, okay. And I'm excited to watch the Ravens versus Seattle. Uh, there's really not a lot of good games this week, but Ravens versus Seattle should be good. We can see if uh, the Ravens team's actually legit or not, which obviously, you know what said we're hoping for. It's in Seattle. That's a hard matchup. If uh, Lamar Jackson can prove to really, you know, make some good passes in this game, win this game, that would be huge for him and his career outlook and everything like that so i'm excited to watch this game and see what happens and just watching russell wilson is always a fun time he is my vote for mvp at this point in the season he just lighting it up he's incredible he's efficient he makes plays he's doing it on the ground him and cmc right now and i know people say it's not about fantasy points it's not about fantasy points christian mccaffrey is is the only reason carrying that team yeah, Car- Carolina would not have the record they have right now without Cam Newton, 4-0, without the team just leaning on Christian McCaffrey so hard. Yeah, Kyle Allen is not not the guy behind those wins. Sorry. He's not making the mistake. Like he's, he's a game manager, and yeah. he's doing it correctly. He's executing correctly. You cannot blame anything that Kyle Allen's doing. No. But, yeah, without a Christian McCaffrey back there, that team is not what they are. So I think MVP lead... Leaders right now are Wilson and NCMC. I love it. All right. Guys, everybody, I hope you have a great week seven. Don't forget to check out our coffee and conclusion segment on Sunday, 12 or not 12 a.m. 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you come on at 12, we're already gone. Yeah. We're, Sorry. You we're missed out. it. 
uh, we'll be on my Twitter feed at FFBallBlast on Periscope and Matthew Betts at the Fantasy PT injury analyst for the fantasy footballers will join us at 1130 to give us all those pregame updates any concerns he has with uh some any major injuries moving forward for that game michelle what do you got for us anything else uh follow us uh on patreon yeah yeah patreon.com slash ball blast we do a weekly preview every single week uh go game by game if you if any of you are uh you know my twitter threads i post each you know thursday morning with my sit starts we just basically get into detail like we just talk about why we're hot on them this week why we're we're cooling off on each player we go through every matchup and pretty much every player that you can think of on either team um and we we just talk about why we're low on them why we're high on them talk it and it's out. a good time it's five dollars a month so you know maybe you don't go to starbucks even though you should still go to starbucks yeah we go to Starbucks and listen to us. We know you need caffeine, so let's not let's not get too crazy, Michelle. But everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, be sure to leave us those five stars if you're feeling so generous. We really appreciate your support. And good luck in week seven. Hit us up on Twitter. Bye, y'all. Bye.